Hey friends, this is Alexander Hitchens, composer, producer, songwriter, and you are with me here on the amazing Father Dream podcast with Robert Miller. Everyone has a dream. Robert Miller is a musician who had a dream to become a rock star. He followed his dream and he succeeded. If you're ready to pursue and succeed at your dream, then listen up and get inspired and motivated to take action today. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Dream Podcast with listeners in 200 countries. I'm Robert Miller, your host. My guest today is Charday, a singer, rapper, and songwriter. She is a vocal powerhouse. And she spans so many genres. She can go from soul to rap to country western and just about everything in between. She's been working as a writer and performer for Universal Production Music Group, where she's been featured on a whole bunch of albums, including House Dance, Hip Hop, and Western Trailer. I got to ask about that, Western Trailer. She's also won numerous music competitions. And in the middle of this episode, Charday and I are going to do what I call a song fest. I've asked her to send me a handful of her best works. We're going to play a little bit of them. We'll talk about them. You'll get the backstories. And nobody else does this in podcasts. And you also know that I like to feature a song of mine in every episode underneath the introduction and at the end. And I always try to make it relevant somehow to my guest. And in this instance, the song that I've chosen is something I wrote called Redemption Road. It's on the album PGS7 by my band Project Grand Slam. Why did I feature this? Well, this song features the great Ziara Washington on vocals. And she's a powerhouse too, just like Chardet. So I thought that it worked. So, Sharday, welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. I am so happy to be here. All right. You got to tell me, did you start out with like one genre and you went from there or did you get exposed to everything when you were a kid? Tell me what happened here. I got exposed to everything when I was a kid. Growing up in Los Angeles, this is the melting pot of America. I mean, everybody's here. And so when I was at school, I was around different cultures all the time, being introduced to different types of music. And I just wanted to do it all, you know, but back in the day, they were like, well, you need to, you know, stick to one genre. And I'm like, I, I can do it all, you know? And so it wasn't until I started doing production music to where I was starting to be exposed to doing different genres of music. And now it's like my superpower which I'm very happy about. <laughs> Superpower, I like that. Is there any genre that you just tried and, and you said, no, that's not for me? Um, Not because I hate it, but because I feel like my vocals can't really deliver. It would have to be the country music. I just don't have the, the je ne sais quoi that a lot of those country acts have in their voice. I'm still more towards like the the hip hop and... Uh, R&B vocal aspect of it. I haven't nailed the country voice yet. So if I had to say it, it would be that one. Not that I don't like the music, but. No, I understand. Do you combine, you know, genres together? Do you do like hip hop and soul and country together? Or is it always kind of a separate thing depending upon what the assignment is? 
the the assignments are usually very specific. Um, they would ask for very specific types of vocals. So for example, I did a song with some gentlemen overseas in London, and I have a tendency to add harmonies to everything. Like I am, I love harmonies. I was born and raised in church. Harmonies are my thing. And so I was doing a house album and the guy sent it back and he was like, Hey, we kind of took out, you know, the harmonies a little bit because it doesn't match, you know, the, the feel of the song. And so I try to like fuse it, but sometimes they're like, nah, don't do that. <laughs> I understand completely. You know, it's funny because I do the same thing. I'm not a great singer, but I love to sing. And for some reason, anytime I hear a melody, I can always figure out that third above the melody, you know, for that first harmony. Yes. I can't usually get the fifth, you know, which is the next one up, but I can get that third. And I love to do that. I was born a soprano, although I'm kind of dipping into the alto after I had my daughter. You know, my voice got a little deeper, but I will find a soprano note in a heartbeat because <laughs> I was a soprano <laughs> in church. So anytime you give me a melody, I know exactly the note that goes right above it. So I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big thing. Like you have to do it. That's beautiful. All right. So when you were young, did your parents push you into music? Did, how did you get there? No, actually, it was like something in me that was just driving me to to be a musician. Um, my mom thought I was going to be a dancer. So she put me in all types of dance classes. Okay. And so when I would do talent shows at school, you know, they'd be like, you know, Sade's coming out. She's going to do some choreography, blah, blah, blah. And so one day I decided I was going to sing. And my mom was like, you're not a singer, you're a dancer. Like, what are you talking about? And I sang for her and I blew her mind. She was like, my baby can sing. I was like, sing. yeah, I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> and so ever since then, once you get recognized for that, people are requesting it. They're asking you to sing. You know, your friends are asking you to do certain things. And so I just kind of got thrown into it at a young age. And then I fell in love with it. I've always been a musician at heart. Did you always know that this was going to be your career or did you go off and do other things and then finally get to music? That's a great question. I actually went to college. I forgot all about music because, you know, growing up, I was raised in a single family household and so a well, single parent household. And so it was very uh, go to college, get your education, you know, make a lot of money, do this, do that. And so I put music on hold while I was in school and I graduated and I ended up being a teacher for almost 10 years. Really? Yeah. What was the subject? What did you teach? Well, I was supposed to teach biology, but I ended up teaching high school math and science. And it was astronomy, probability, statistics, and geometry, which was insane. Wow. <laughs> so like, it was a, it's a totally different side of me. I have my scientific side and then I have my music side. You know, you're absolutely right because you got the two sides of the brain, you know, the right and the left, and one's rational and the other's creative. And you kind of mixed the two, didn't you? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy because I conflict with myself a lot sometimes <laughs> because sometimes I'm cerebral and sometimes I'm heartfelt. So sometimes I don't know which, you know, aspect to use of myself. So sometimes I'm like conflicted, but I do love that. I have that duality about myself. It's pretty well, awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty cool. So you taught for 10 years. Is that the idea? I did. I did. Um, I started out in elementary school and worked my way up. And by the time I got to high school, music was it, it was it was calling my name so heavily. I couldn't I couldn't juggle both anymore. I just couldn't. I loved teaching. Obviously, I did because I did it for so long. But I had to make a decision of, of what I really wanted. And I really wanted music. And so I quit teaching. And that was in 2015. 
I had quit teaching and pursued music heavy. Like I was going hard in the paint. I was performing all over Los Angeles and was trying to make a name for myself. And that's how I kind of fell into production music, which was an awesome turnabout. <laughs> well, was it difficult for you? Did people accept you initially as a singer? Or did they say, well, th this, this woman's a teacher. She's not really a singer. Tell me how that worked. Well, I kind of went in like acting, kind of like I kind of hid my intelligence a little bit <laughs> uh, because nobody likes a smart aleck. Right. So I kind of <laughs> hid that away. And I was I was just starting the artist. They didn't know me. The people in the scene didn't really know that side of me unless we got close. And then, you know, you found out about me. But I presented myself as strictly an artist and I, I did get respect, you know, vocally for the types of things that I would do live. I absolutely love performing live. It's one of my favorite things to do. I really love it. Well, listen, it's good that it worked out for you that way, because there's a lot of times I've heard the story and it happened to me as well. If you do something else, people sometimes will think of you as, you know, not full time in in, in the right. creative side of things, or this is not what you really wanted to do. You You were engaged in something else. But to me, it just, it broadens you to do so many other things as well. And I'm sure you work it into your music in one way or another. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely do. I actually was working music into my teaching. I would actually write like little jingles to help the kids memorize uh, certain laws or theories. And some, some of the kids hated it. They thought it was corny. But a lot of the, it helped a lot of the kids. You know, I would make up songs about the electromagnetic spectrum and make up songs <laughs> about you know, triangle theorems and all that good stuff, the stuff that the kids hated. You know, I tried to make them hate it just a little less by adding some music to it. But it worked out. I, I still was adding my music into my teaching. So I never really gave it up, per se. You good know? for you. You must have been a very cool teacher, okay? To make up music and songs about the electromechanical <laughs> spectrum. I mean, that's awesome. It was fun. It was really fun. And I had the kids write like songs about you know whatever chapter we were in let's say for astronomy we're talking about black holes write a poem or some sort of artistic expression was done in my class it didn't it didn't matter what it was it was write a poem or create an artwork or something like that that was creative because people tend to separate science from creativity yep. and they are one and the same Science helped to create everything us talking on this phone right now is science and creativity someone thought to put me in a screen talking to you. Like that's creative, right? Like <laughs> I've always felt like that, always. You're right. Listen, none of us knew what Zoom was before the pandemic, all right? Now that's all we do is we deal yeah. with Zoom. <laughs> and I keep saying technology is fantastic when it works, okay? When but it if works. If you lose the internet connection or whatever, then you hate it. What can I say? Yes. All right. You got into this universal production music group. Tell me what that's all about. Okay, so uh, production music is basically all the songs that you've ever heard on a commercial or some sort of trailer for a movie or a TV show, or you hear the background music in a television show that's not from a popular artist. You might hear some obscure song that you've never heard before. That's production music. So there's people behind the scenes that create music. And these companies like Netflix, for example, if they have a television show, say, hey, I need a hip hop song for this scene. And so I create music based upon what it is that the client is looking for. Okay. So is this different from kind of sync type of situations? This is where exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Sync okay. music. Yeah. I got it. 
because a lot of people, uh, myself included, you know, we have a lot of songs out there and, you know, we didn't write the song for a trailer or for an ad, but you can use that in that context. But you're creating music for particular outcomes. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. So the way you, I don't know of any other company, if they do it differently, but for Universal, I would get a call and say, hey, we're doing a trap hip hop album. Can you come up with three trap hip hop songs and rap on them? And I'm like, yeah. And so they'll create the album and put it in their catalog. And the companies will kind of sift through it and say, hey, I want this song or I want this song to go on this TV show. And that's how they usually sync the music. And then, of course, Universal takes their cut and then I take my cut. That's right. Yeah. As long as there's enough cuts for everybody, it all works out, yeah. right? Exactly. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Miller, your host. I've just released a new EP called The Singles Project that features five of my new songs. I'm pleased to say that the recording has gotten wonderful reviews. It's been called Amazing magical, fabulously enticing, a home run, and a sonic toward the force. How about that? The songs speak to the ups and downs of life, from the blissful, joyous Saturday morning to the darker commentary of Like Never Before and The Ship. Several reviewers said the songs show me exposed and vulnerable. And you know what? They're probably right. See for yourself. The songs can be streamed on Spotify and all the other streaming services. And you can check out all of my music at the Project Grand Slam website. The links are all in the show notes. As always, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast and to my music. And keep on rocking. All right. Well, this is a good segue into the Songfest portion of this interview, because this way people will get to hear the kind of music that you make. So we're playing the first one. This is Keys to the Kingdom. And this is a this is a real hip hop thing. Am I right? Yes. Yes, it is. I'm singing and rapping on this one. Fighting all of these demons, all that negativity. I don't ride the wave, I make the wave, my creativity. Uh, get gives me all of my power, all my positivity. Yeah, black excellence is my element. I'm dripping all of this melanin. So elegant, so decadent, no duplicate, this ever sin. To copy this is your detriment. I'm taking all of these wins. And if I had a choice, just know I'd do it all Got the again. Keys yeah, to the yeah. All right. So tell me about this. So this one actually is produced by Alex Hitchens. Um, him and I work together on several projects. All and right, hold on. For anybody who doesn't know, Alex Hitchens was just on this podcast. Yes. So you got to listen to his interview as well. All right. Go ahead. Yes, indeed. And so that particular song was for an album called Power to the People, which is basically um, an album to highlight people of color in the sync business, basically, and, and giving them an opportunity to speak about their experiences. And so Keys, Keys to the Kingdom was basically me saying, like, I have the power to control my own destiny, basically. And so that song actually got synced onto NBA 2K, the arcade version, which was pretty awesome. Okay. I was excited about that. 
No, that's pretty awesome. I know Alex is doing <laughs> a lot of the stuff for the NBA, so you got into it as well. Yes. And did you decide to do the hip hop with the rap in, in there or how did that come about? I usually ask first because sometimes they're very specific about what they want in terms of sonically, like whether they want me to sing the whole song or rap. And so I'd be like, hey, this song, I'm getting singing, rapping vibes. Can I do that? And they're like, sure. And so that's, I'll do that in full capacity. And they'll let me ha have free, you know, creative control in that aspect. All right. So you got to explain to my listeners, how do you go about creating work? Okay. I you're the first rapper I've had on this podcast. So I want really? you to speak for everybody out there. Okay. So rapping is a lot like poetry. I feel like it is poetry. It's poetry in motion. And I started out writing poetry. That's how I became a rapper. And so you start looking at other rappers and how their cadences and, and how they structure their songs. And I just speak from the heart. It's sometimes it's easier for me to rap than to sing because I can speak from the heart a little more than I could, you know, singing a song. It's more heartfelt, but I could speak more directly and more, you know, forward when I'm rapping. There's a certain cadence that is along with most of the rap stuff that I've heard. But does it vary? Can you go all different kinds of cadences? Oh, yeah. It depends on the production. It depends on, you know, how the music sounds and how the music feels in your gut. I go by how I feel in my gut. Like if it, if the beat is like really like straightforward, do, 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 I can start, I can rap fast or I can rap really slow. You know, it just depends on how I'm feeling within that track. It really depends on the production, honestly. And do you come out with the raps extemporaneously or do you work them out in advance? I work them out in advance. I'm I'm not a very good freestyle. <laughs> I'll admit that. I have not Is that what it's called? Well. Freestyle rapping? Freestyling, you, yeah. You do it right on? Off the top of your head, yeah. No, it's interesting because I saw a show in, I'm from New York City, and there was a show on Broadway, freestyle rapping, okay? Wow. By the guys that were involved with Hamilton. And these guys are amazing. They would just get a subject and boom, they'd be able to come up with something right off the top. Wow. I always thought that was amazing. I am so bad at that. I, I have so much respect for people who can do that because my brain just doesn't work that fast. <laughs> I have to write it out. I have to. <laughs> There's no other way. Okay. I totally understand. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next one. This is called Feel So Alive. And this is more like a synth type dance thing. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So tell me about this. I fell in love with dance and house music, doing production music. And I feel like that's like going to be my genre when I decide to release my own album, because I fell in love with that genre of music all over again, because I used to be into it in the 90s. Back in the day where house music was like the biggest thing ever. And then it just Beyonce brought it back. Beyonce brought it back. So that's why I'm like, oh, I could definitely do this. And so they invited me to come on that particular album, which was Heartbreak House. And it's a full album of just straight dance and house music. It's an amazing album. I really enjoy listening to it. 
Okay, so what is it about dance that you love? I love the freedom of expression that you could have and still make it as simple as possible. So like with house music, you don't need a bunch of words. Let's say, for example, in the chorus, all you need is one big tagline and you could just fly off the handle with that one tagline. So in my song, it's feel so, feel so alive. I'm just repeating that, but I can go different directions with that one tagline. And I love that freedom without having to worry about writing multiple words. You can say what you need to say in one tagline. <laughs> kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from rapping, because you're doing that one tagline versus the rap. You know, you got to have the whole poetry thing. Yes. And that's the freedom that I love with house music. I don't have to worry about creating, you know, entire, you know, soliloquies. <laughs> it could just be <laughs> one tagline and I'm, I could just go off and just sing from the heart. All right. I'm learning a lot in this interview, I have to tell you. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, I, I've said on the podcast before, I come from a completely different era. I grew up musically. I came of age during the whole British invasion era of the 60s. And then wow. I segued into the, the jazz fusion era of the 70s. So everything that I do has kind of got that somewhere in the background because that's just in my DNA. But I mm. love the fact that, you know, all this other stuff has come around. So. Good. You're educating me. I like that. I love that. All right, let's go to the third one. This is called Thunder Lightning. You got to tell me, what is Western Trailer? Tell me what that means. Okay, look, I had no idea what that meant when they brought it to me. I'm like, what the hell is a Western <laughs> Trailer? But when you listen, okay, so I recently got, I think that song, was it Thunder and Lightning? I can't remember which one it was, but it was on Walker, Texas Rangers trailer for their, you know, the TV show. And I was like, that's what Western Trailer is. It's basically music that is really epic and big but it has that tinge of western country in it big drums the big horns the guitar all of that it's really huge and so thunder and lightning was on uh, the western trailer songs i just finished that a few months ago um with patrick cunningham and clayton he goes by blue collar when you find him on spotify but we created this whole album of just straight huge western country music the you know, like <laughs> so, it's Western music that you're using in a trailer, or what? Where, where's the trailer come in? Okay, so you know what trailers are. Trailers are previews of movies. Oh, okay, that kind of trailer. Okay. Yes, and so that's what they mean by trailer. <laughs> I thought they meant like you, know, <laughs> you thought they meant like a changing inside a trailer, and they're playing Western music. And I'm saying, what no, the heck no, is no. that? It's it's preview music. It's I huge, see. gigantic preview music that sounds really just, it sounds big. That's the only way I can describe it. Right. I feel much better now. Thank you so much for explaining that. <laughs> All right, let's go to the last one. This is called Amends. And uh, this one's different. This is sweet. It's got that beautiful harmony you were talking about before.
Tell me a little bit more about this one. Okay, so my friends in the band Sadakoy, they actually wrote that song. I didn't write that song myself, um, but I did perform it. And it was part of Capitol's, what's the name of that album? Why is it leaving my brain right now? Soul Revived, is that it? Soul Revived, yes, thank you. Um, it was a Soul Revived album. So it was basically a bunch of real sultry, soulful songs. Um, and Amends is actually my favorite song in the album, not just because I'm singing it, but I thought it was a wonderfully written song. Um, and I was actually eight months pregnant when I recorded that. They came to my house because I, I literally was on bed rest and I couldn't leave. I can't, I couldn't drive. So they came over and we set up all the phone boards on the wall and had my mic phone, my microphone. I had my chair and my water and my sandwich off on the side. And we just created that song and it came out so great. I was a little nervous about it at first, but it came out amazing. I was really happy about that one. I think it did come out amazing. Thank and you, you know what I like about it? It's it's kind of a traditional song. Okay. Yes. I can relate to that. Okay. And it beautiful melody, beautiful harmony, you know, just a lovely song. Thank you. And you gave birth right afterwards, huh? I did. <laughs> a month <laughs> after. I was I was, oh my God, I was in so much pain. And I think that's why the, the song came out the way it did, because I was physically in pain that day. I could barely stand up. I was God, I remember that day clearly. And every take, after every take, I had to sit down and take a breather. But every time I got up, I was just singing from that place of pain. And I was like, it translated into the music, which I was really happy about. Like I used my pain for something. Interesting. Because, you know, it's like a tender song. But, you know, I guess underneath you had that other stuff going on, right? Yeah, because you the song is about, you know, you did someone wrong and you're you're paying for it. And you feel the pain because now that person won't forgive you and you want to make amends with that person. And you feel that that pain in your heart. Like that's where I was singing from, from that aspect of pain, even though I was singing it real sweet. I got it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to listen to it again from a pain perspective. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's in the future for Day? Oh, man. Um I'm going to continue to ride out on this production music thing because I absolutely love it. This was probably the best career choice ever because I get to not only get paid to do music, but I get to do it on my own terms. And hopefully in the near future, I will be in a position where I can recruit other artists and have that ear to be able to be like, I want this artist on this album, you know, and have that power to be like, Hey, I think, I think this person will be great for this album and then just bring people together. I just want to start bringing artists together that love music, you know, because of how much I love it. So hopefully in the near future, I'd be able to do that. That's a very worthy ambition. I like that. Yes. We have been speaking here with Charday, a wonderful singer and rapper and songwriter. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. And we're going to listen now to that song that started off the episode. It's my song called Redemption Road. I want to thank you all for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate and review the podcast so you don't miss another inspiring episode. You can connect with Robert at Robert at FollowYourDreamPodcast.com. And you can hear more from his band at ProjectGrandSlam.com. I think-
to do right.